Welcome to Lodging On Demand. In this episode, Lodging Editor-in-Chief Dennis Nessler catches up with Robert Habib, CEO of Maverick Hotels and Restaurants, to get his thoughts on a number of key industry issues, such as current macroeconomic challenges, the growing bleisure trend, and the ongoing labor crisis. Habib also shares details on the continued growth of Maverick as an operator and how the company's unique post-pandemic culture has positioned them for success. Hi, this is Dennis Nessler, Editor-in-Chief of Lodging Magazine. I'm here with Robert Habib, CEO of Maverick Hotels and Restaurants. Welcome, Bob. Good morning, Dennis. Glad to have you here. Um, Bob, I want to talk a little bit about some of the, the industry trends that, that you're seeing out there and some of the things that are going on. I guess, first off, maybe what, what kind of do you like right now about the industry heading into 23? What do you dislike? Anything jump out of you either way? I think everyone's very encouraged that 23 is going to be a better year, that we're getting further away from the pandemic and that the business environment is starting to stabilize. Um, it, it's hard to put a real fine point on that. I don't think anyone is is closing their eyes and saying we're past the storm yet. You know, there's still concern about the macroeconomic uh, situation. I think rightfully so. Inflation continues to devil us. Uh, there's, you know, rising interest rates. Uh, the supply chain has flattened out, but it's not perfect. Um, you know, so it's a 23 still is going to have its share of challenges, but I think we all feel better that the worst of it's behind us. Well, that's good. Yeah. Uh, what do you see in terms of business travel? Are you seeing a significant uptick in that? Business travel is coming back. I, I don't know if I'd call the uptick significant, but it's definitely gaining momentum. We see meetings are coming back um, in in a big way, which is a good thing. And and leisure, which has been our gift even through the pandemic and, and particularly in the immediate post-pandemic, still looks very, very strong. Mm-hmm. Are you seeing different types of meetings, Bob? Are, are they smaller? Are they you know for shorter periods of time? Any differences in terms of, of kind of how the meetings are being booked? Well, the last uh, meeting type to come back are the real big meetings, the mega meetings, but they appear to be on track. You know, the the key with meetings isn't as much how many of them there are, but how well attended uh, they are. Mm-hmm. And the attendance numbers have been good. Uh, the calendar looks decent for next year for the for the bigger meetings. Small meetings um, seem to be back. They, they were also late back to the dances as companies really uh, didn't do a lot of traveling. And, and we're seeing small meetings back in in a good way as well mm-hmm. um we've heard a lot about the the leisure trend business and leisure and kind of some of the shoulder nights i guess less traditionally less um well attended uh nights for the hotel industry kind of picking up what, what have you seen there and is that a real trend i think it's a trend i think it's coming back we you know we saw there was a little bit of an ebb and a flow to the leisure travel when when the pandemic was was ended and people felt like you know almost like someone had turned the light green from red we we saw a flood and the numbers shot way up and then those numbers started to peter a little bit as we settled back into a more traditional trend um you know that that pent up demand that uh, they call it revenge tourism um had its peak and then it it settled out a little bit but i think it's settling out at a, at a good level it's setting out at a high, uh, settling on a higher level and we're starting to see those shoulder days uh get filled in and you know we're getting into a, a much more traditional demand uh rhythm mm-hmm. um in terms of labor uh we know that's a, a huge is- issue for the industry um have you seen any any changes in the last couple of years anything that uh you know really kind of the industry really needing to market itself as as a career. Um, have you seen any changes that way? Have you seen any progress? 
you know, we could almost do a whole podcast on labor alone because yeah. the story there is wide and it's deep. Um, the pandemic really triggered a number of other factors that had been been laying in the background um, for years. And, and now they're here and they're here to stay. Um, I think most people will tell you that it's not as bad as it as it was, but certainly labor is a, is an issue, and it will be. Um, you know, the the central number in the macro sense is is workforce participation is still at a historic low. the The pandemic uh, pushed a lot of the baby boomers out of the work workforce, and it also created a new uh, paradigm for for workers that found that uh, they they liked the work-life balance and not working and, and in all honesty that you could with the help of the government survive without working um and that's i think starting to diminish a little bit but um in sheer numbers we're going to fight the, the labor fight for the foreseeable future we might as well get used to it and adjust our strategies yeah yeah absolutely you, uh, you've been through a number of downturns as have i you know 08 and 09 and and um you know, uh, also, uh, even before that, you know, nine 11 and everything. Um, what, what are some of the major differences with this one? I think everyone would agree. It's, it's been markedly different than the others. Yeah. This has been the granddad of all of them, really. I mean, you have to go back to the savings and loan crisis in the business sense now, right. Taking away from the consumer, going to the, going to the B2B side, you have to go back almost to the, uh, savings and loan crisis to see an environment where, that you know the the business side of the equation is in such uh, uh, jeopardy uh, because through 9/11 and 0809 we were blessed by low interest rates and that was something that helped uh, everybody get through it and now we've got inflation and rising interest rates and and the squeeze is on the squeeze on the B2B side is is very significant and you'll see uh, some people that that you know won't survive it or will decide to sell or it's a very difficult market to to be a, a seller in right now. There isn't a lot of credit to be a buyer, so it's it's a very difficult transaction market. Um, and on the consumer side, we're really seeing that shift that that generational shift that people have been predicting for a long time. Um, it's here, and it's here in a big way. And we have to adjust our strategies to accommodate the new reality because there's while it's wishful to to hope that they would go back to the the old days, you know, life never does. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> um, let's talk a little bit about Maverick. Um, you guys have have done well, uh, started during the pandemic and actually have done well and, and you feel like you're positioned well for future success. Uh, we, we've been blessed. Uh, we grew by 10 hotels uh, last year and mm -hmm. we already have 10 in the can for the first quarter of this year. So, you know, our, our growth has been well above our, our expectations and projections. And I think our secret sauce is, uh, as you said, we're really a post-pandemic company. We were just starting out when the pandemic hit. So we had the chance to establish our DNA in the new world. Um, and we've made a lot of adjustments that have served us well, uh, dealing with the new reality. You know, the, um, the the change in the psychographics as well as the demographics of our, of our workforce. Um, maybe most principal among them is, if if Dennis Nessler came to Maverick tomorrow, the question wouldn't be what jobs we have open. The question that we'd ask Dennis is, hey, what's your genius, right? What are the things that you do better than anybody else you know? And then we we tailor the job to fit the person's particular genius, even if it means shuffling up the organization a bit. 
Um, and we've had great success with that. We've had, uh, you know, our uh, a management team that's that's dug in and and our hotels are performing and and we're ready for the new world. We don't have a traditional office. We've got what four office spaces, one in the East Coast, three in Chicago land where you can come to work, but you're not required to be there. And uh, your office is where you are. Um, and and those adaptations to the to the new world that the pandemic has left us with put us on a, a really firm footing. That's interesting. So, but it's really a custom approach to to the expertise and the, and the um, efficiencies of of the, the given employees. It goes it goes back to that. Uh, if you've ever read uh, Malcolm Gladwell's book, The Outliers, right? It's that, I have, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's that that very uh, basic principle, which is that we all we all have uh, poignant strengths and glaring weaknesses, and that the smartest thing that you can do is is pander to our our strengths. Um, and allow us to be in an environment where we can express our genius. And rather than the the hopeful, you know, uh, uh, look at our weaknesses and hope they go away one day. I know mine never have. So <laughs> I was going to say you might you might have trouble with Dennis Nestler's genius. I don't know if we're going <laughs> to find that. Um, anyway, uh, operating philosophy. What what would you say in terms of operating? Uh, you know, what are some of the things that maybe you do different from some of the other uh, third party management companies? Um, we're very hands-on, uh, we're very, you know, one of the words that was bantered around during the pandemic was pivot. And, and that I think is one of our real strengths is that we take a very prescriptive approach to an asset. We try and determine its strengths and weaknesses and, and how we're going to, um, change the, the business plan for that hotel to make it, um, shine better. And we've had really good luck doing it. Um, we have a, a very strong restaurant company within the Maverick group, um, and that allows us to dig into food and beverage and be very creative. And, and, uh, in particular the, in the rooftop bar space, which is so hot today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So Bob, what, what are you thinking long-term? Uh, you know, you've, you've been doing this for a while. First hospitality, uh, you grew that company to, to, you know, some pretty large numbers. What are you thinking long-term, uh, for Maverick? You know, we're, we're already pacing well ahead of where I thought we would be. And I, um, I don't know that we really would envision success as being a large number of hotels. Um, you will continue to grow for a couple of years, but I, I, I think that our, you know, our pride is going to be in managing the hotels that we operate really well. And, and as much as anything, having a place where we all go to work and enjoy ourselves and, you know, that that's an overused uh, phrase, but we're really dedicated to the, having a culture where the people come to work and they feel like they're their best selves, right? They're expressing their genius and they work in an environment where they're appreciated. And that to me is more a measure of success than, than unit volume. Yeah, I would agree. Bob, I want to thank you so much for your time this morning and uh, wish you the best of luck. I'm sure I'll see you out at the, the industry events and I look forward to meeting up with you again. Good to see you, Dennis. Take thank care. you. Thank you for listening to Lodging On Demand. If you want more content like this, subscribe to Lodging Magazine on YouTube. You can also subscribe to Lodging On Demand wherever you get your podcasts. For news and updates, follow at Lodging Magazine on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Or visit us at lodgingmagazine.com.